Welcome to Screen Quest, a podcast where a fellowship of film lovers and armchair movie experts plays film roulette. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, joined by Will Rotondi. Hey, what's going on? And May Finch. Hello, hello. Got a little game show hosty on that uh, introduction. I was like, what is this like inflection I'm doing with my voice? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to this week's podcast where we'll be covering Lethal Weapon 2 for our first shipwreck, which is our shoehorned romance uh, main quest. And of course, we will be drawing a side quest. But first, apropos of this film and the subject matter, we thought we would check in and uh, I think we've maybe covered this once on the podcast. I think we're all reasonably sure we have, but if we have, this will be a bit of a refresher, but we wanted to define uh the term uh fridging the girlfriend or fridging the girl i think it's it's called but fridging for short um which uh, comes into play very much in this film so uh may g- give us your best sort of some you know synopsis or like you know truncated version of what what does this mean uh, i didn't realize i was delivering this but yeah okay so fridging <laughs> is when you basically you motivate you you motivate your typically male protagonist to actually take action on a thing or part of his motivation is the uh sudden death of their girl girlfriend lover wife person and uh usually there isn't a ton of reason behind the killing it can vary but as we've seen this particular movie it's just kind of like ah kill her to get to him wahaha sort of deal um and i think it's called fridging because of a movie it was prominent in that involved stuffing the girl in the fridge is that correct i forget Uh, i am double checking i thought it was a comic plot but hold Ah. please um it was coined by gail simone and i i found through my research that she had a uh website called women in refrigerators.com which sounds awesome um both like ironically and unironically like awesome um but yes i guess it refers to an incident in green lantern volume three um in which kyle rayner the title hero comes home to his apartment to find that the villain major force has killed his girlfriend alexandra dewitt and stuffed her in a refrigerator and of course this led to gail simone who's one of the most amazing uh writers in comics like still today um, to kind of do a deep dive into like this as a trope, um, specifically in comic books, but of course, as we we know, um, from from our film journey, that like this is something that crops up a lot in movies and TV as well. Crops up a lot, and it pisses me off for three reasons. One, just because it's almost always followed by another annoying trope, which is the dead wife montage, and yeah. I'm really sick of that one too. Uh, two, it is just very sexist because you're acknowledging the woman's only there to be a plot element and uh three it's just unrealistic like i don't know about you guys but i've never met a man who would be driven to homicide by the death of their loved one <laughs> yeah i mean I if think... they weren't already you know that kind of person yeah um yeah it's one of those things that like I, I'm of two minds about this. So I think like this has been done sort of like 
well a few times in a film when it's like really um supported by like other good developments like like i think to like godfather one right like spoilers for that film if you haven't seen it where michael corleone's wife in sicily is like you know blown up in a car bomb like attack that's intended for him that doesn't feel like it's particularly trying to like drive the audience to like unearned emotional response to that. Like he was always sort of going to go back to America. It's just kind of like a, you know, for lack of a better word, like something horrible that happens like to him on his sort of journey to become who he is. Like it doesn't fundamentally change the character in other words, or like alter his motivations. And I feel like it's a scene that still has pretty good impact because it's like, ah, like, you know, he's happy. He's met this woman. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's like an example where it's done well. And then there's movies like John Wick that resist the urge to do that. Like, I think that's a film that really like handles like where you think that trope, like, like his, his wife, his dead wife is kind of the motivation, but like through like the analog of the dog, right? Like the smart thing they do in that film is she's died, you know, from a a cancer, right? Or something Mm -hmm. like some disease maybe that they don't name um, before the movie starts. So like you kind of get that, but like not really, right? Like, and I think that's a smart way to handle it. But how do you guys feel about like this? I mean, I think when this is done poorly, we can all agree it sucks and it's just like eye rolly, but I'll stop talking now. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. I, I'm sorry, but I disagree with you on the Godfather doing it right. I I got really pissed off in that scene. Really? Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> she she's not really given much time or much character and then they just kill her off and then it is a plot device like it's pretty straightforward fridging to me I think it's a good movie and maybe that makes it more acceptable because it's not the whole movie it's just a small part but um I do agree with you on John Wick and for me it's because they make it very clear that this isn't just someone he loved this is someone that he left the profession for and changed his entire life for and that new life kind of disappears when the dog gets killed and he's dragged back in. So he's not just mourning her. He's mourning his like one chance at a normal life. What, what, yeah, do, you, what have, do you think, Will? Yeah, it's uh, I don't think I'd have anything more to add to it than that. I feel like it is very much an excuse oftentimes in a in the plot just to have the female character killed off. And then it's supposed to be like getting revenge is the the motivating factor. Like it feels uh I guess to compare it to this, uh, since we're on the Mel Gibson train right now, Braveheart. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, where it's like, oh, great, you guys have something good going, right? You're, you're good now. And then uh, mm, not, not so good. And so it, it gets kind of. Yeah, frustrating. <laughs> I feel like it's probably frustrating is like the like. I guess the least of it that you could have for that, like the, the feeling from that, because I'm sorry, I am all over the place tonight. I, um, <laughs> it's like, you're trying to answer the question. I feel like a politician right now trying to answer the question. <laughs> I won't, I <laughs> promise things, I won't yell at you. Really bad. The things are really <laughs> bad because they're bad because, you know, like people don't like the things and, you know, I'm, so <laughs> let me, but yeah, I think in Braveheart is, is a good example. I think it, it Maybe in a lot of 80s and 90s, that was sort of like, that was the plot device where if somebody hooked up with another character, if there was even a chance that there was going to be like, I feel like often like historical period pieces, like draw, like battles are going to happen. So like one of those characters is going to die, right? Like it's either going to be the combo of 
um the hero is going to impregnate the lady and she's going to have the kid who's going to carry on his legacy or she's going to die and he's going to go on and and uh, so i feel like this is one of those two that it typically happens a lot in either action or like gladiator or historical films i guess gladiator might even be another example although i feel like in that one that might be a little bit better in the fact that like his whole family gets killed and bridging the family you need a chest freezer for that baby i know (laughs) get them all stuffed in there (laughs) like not just like betrays you know like he thinks he's like done his his duty and then it's like nope you're 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 chained up you crossed the wrong guy and now your family will pay for it too so that might be an example of something where i think was actually done well even though it still pissed me off but you're you're pro fridging the whole family yeah just (laughs) whole thing just all in one fell swoop but uh i think that's the difference the family there we go (laughs) (laughs) oh jeez but uh, I do agree with you, Bay. I think that it's it's often overused enough to the point where it becomes frustrating. I mean, granted, a lot of female characters back then weren't very deep anyway, and so that's another point of frustration. But then it's like adding insult to injury, yeah. where then you're just going to kill them off. <laughs> so yeah, those are my thoughts. Those are my political thoughts. Nice. <laughs> Bridging. <laughs> well, Thank you for mm-hmm. opening up, Will. <laughs> You're more fr- fridging to uh, <laughs> to come on on uh, this week's episode, uh, but first we'll, we can go ahead and, and draw a side quest and see um, what Lady Luck has in store for us. So let's see what it's going to be. Uh, and I just shuffled them, but I forgot to switch over to the. Oops. I and I'm just like all over the place too. See, will it's contagious. I switched to the four person view, so everyone's it was like a Picasso painting there for a second. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's go ahead and shuffle the side quest again, so it's on camera, and we'll see what we get. Ooh, cool! It is furry friends, which is our nominate a favorite animal character in a film or a movie about animals. We'll open it up to either or i think last time we had uh was it homeward bound that we we talked about this one right i think yeah. that was mine yeah are we counting fictional animals in this too this is just like a a, a question like like cgi generated or like puppets like i mean like fictional creatures you know what i mean like would that count i'd say i'd allow it i sure. feel like that yeah, we should open the whole thing wide open to that. I mean, well then, I've got to nominate my homeboy Gizmo the Mogwai from nice. Gremlins. <laughs> oh yeah, Gizmo. I think is like one of the the greatest, like you know, little like cute um, characters that walks that line of like an intelligent like creature but it's still very much an animal if that makes sense you know like yeah they never made him so smart um that like he wasn't believable as like a like a pet i guess you know what i mean um but yeah i love gizmo and it blew my mind as a young adult to find out that howie mandel was the voice of gizmo like that's just so crazy to me what? like the guy that's deal or no deal like like imagine that's like that's the voice behind gizmo but it's true <laughs> um in particular i love gizmo in gremlins 2 the new batch which is sort of like a satire of the original film which was already kind of like zany and all over the place 
um he's just amazing like when he puts the little headband on because he sees rambo on the tv and he makes his little like rambo like kit out of like a little match and a paper clip and a rubber band for his bow and arrow it's just the most adorable damn thing so um i feel like the rest of it speaks for itself gizmo fans in the house absolutely Love him when he's driving around that little car in the first one, right? At the very oh, end. Yeah. Isn't that what? Yeah. <laughs> His little ears are going. <laughs> yeah. He's oh adorable. Gosh. I feel like he a was... fake fan because I haven't actually seen Gremlins, but I've seen images of Gizmo. Uh, you I've seen images of it. Gizmo. Yeah. So uh, Gremlins is both a great Halloween and a Christmas film. So it's one of those ones that kind of straddles the uh, the line. Thanksgiving it, film. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and it like it I think along with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is responsible for the PG 13 rating because they were like, this is too intense for PG. Like it had a lot of dark themes and like it was pretty gory for like like in terms of like the, the gremlins die pretty gruesome ways, like get thrown in the blender and stuff like that. <laughs> um <laughs> but Oops. it wasn't bad enough for an R. Um, but Gremlins 2 is like just a joy because like I said, it is very much like a satire parody of like the original. Um, they made it like with the intent of like almost doing like a postmodern, like break the fourth wall, um, go balls to the wall, like a lot of like the critics that like didn't like Gremlins. Um, in fact, like I think Leonard Malton hated Gremlins the original and loved the second one and i think has like a cameo in the second one like the whole concept of it like floored him to like do something kind of postmodern but um recommend watching them for sure um just want a good time that's right before baby yoda there was gizmo <laughs> and he's cuter i in my opinion than than grogu because he sings you know he's got his little like high trilly like singing voice and yeah yeah i would be down for a gremlins like renaissance hell yeah gremlins uh i think there's an animated show on hbo actually um that just came out it's like mogwai something like it's i don't know it's like expands the lore um they're like this mythical creature that comes from somewhere in the east and uh a man in chinatown new york or san francisco like has it as a pet and like the whole story of like the first film is like this inventor comes in trying to bring a souvenir back for his son tries to buy the um the mogwai as it's called and like the guy's like no 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 like this way too much responsibility for like (laughs) you know anybody really like who doesn't know how to care for these things and then like his grandson knowing that they need money like sells the mogwai to the inventor and tells him like the rules he's like all right here's here's how you care for these like very very careful and of course like the Teenage son fucks it up immediately, like, and all hell breaks loose. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I need to go on HBO then. Yep. I don't know if the animated show is worth the shit, but I would say start with the uh, the OG and then part two is certainly like really, really good. Or uh, not yeah. HBO Max, I guess. Just Max. That's right. <laughs> don't even get me started on <laughs> rebranding like one of the most prestigious names and like all of entertainment to something that like ugh, anyway yep <laughs> i will not digress <laughs> <laughs> so i will switch this back to our our main view here and uh let's transition to some lethal weapon two which i will i will remember to like summarize the plot this time i'm bad about that occasionally when i present but i think it's important in this film 
Um, so to understand Lethal Weapon 2 and why I think this is a particular egregious example of the shoehorn romance and fridging the uh, the girlfriend, we have to kind of step back a couple of years to the original Lethal Weapon, which I think like is an amazing film, like in and of its own self, like the great action movie, um, better than average writing, some really, really cool stunts and um, just a, an incredible cast. Um, the plot of that film essentially is that we have uh, Martin Riggs played by Mel Gibson, who is suicidal um, due to the recent death of his wife, who was in a car accident, and he is on sort of um, mental health watch in the police department, paired with uh, Danny Glover, who is uh, quote getting too old for that shit he's contemplating retirement he is very much by the book follow the rules and um anyway like fast forward they kind of are like oil and water at first and then they get thrown on this case together and slowly build trust and become really really good friends by the end of that film mel gibson is no longer suicidal he gifts danny glover the bullet that he's been saving to like do the job for christmas and it's like all very touching and kind of becomes like a honorary member of Murtaugh's family. So where this film picks up is a couple of years later, they are permanent partners and they stumble upon a nefarious ring of criminals from South Africa who are, I, I is it clear? Is it just drugs, drugs for Krugerans? Like um, I wasn't a hundred percent clear on this. I, I don't know how clear they really make it, like what the deal is. But anyway, uh, they chase this guy, a bunch of crew rants fall out of the trunk and they, uh, you know, be- become um, involved in another mystery that involves, you know, their skills and, and misadventures. Along the way, uh, Riggs meets a young woman who works for the uh, South African consulate by the name of Rika von Vandenhaas. Vandenhaas, there we go. And um, I don't know, essentially bumps into her at a grocery store after shooting her boss's fish tank, uh, (laughs) invites her back to dinner. They have sex and they are kidnapped and she is drowned. All uh, the while, the henchman, the heavy, whatever you want to call him, of the film reveals to Riggs that uh, his wife's death was, in fact, not an accident, but a murder um, that was intended for Riggs himself, and her car was run off the road, and oh my god, they did it again to his 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 new booty call, uh, because when Riggs is thrown into the water, she is already drowned um, at the bottom of the bay. This leads Riggs on a murderous rampage, declaring that tonight they are not cops, and they face off in a climactic showdown at the docks with the baddies. And um, yeah, his uh, diplomatic immunity is is revoked. Arjun, I think is his name, Arjun. And uh, the bad guys win <laughs> with Riggs almost dying and Murtaugh uh, cradling him in his arms as they laugh together all well in the world. More or less, that's the plot. Miss any important points? Uh, I forgot uh, about the toilet bomb. Oh, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. It's, it's one yeah. of my favorite. Actually, we can talk about it out. It's one of my favorite marketing plays. So when I was a young lad, they had these things called VHS tapes, which is like, you know, for your VCR, which uh, was how you used to watch home movies. I and had those. I'm not that did young. You? Okay. 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 Oh, maybe some of our listeners haven't. 
any event, like they would often do trailers for like films that hadn't even come out on movie theaters yet, like on the VHS tapes. And I distinctly remember, I don't remember what film it was on, but they had like, you know, coming this summer, a trailer for this. And it was a shortened version of that toilet scene. So it's Murtaugh <laughs> on the toilet. Riggs is trying to like help him out. And then like the toilet comes blasting out of the window, lands on the police thing. And it's like this summer they're back and they're not taking any crap. Lethal weapon two. This time they're not taking any crap. Just get off. Nice. <laughs> so I'm to see if I can find that and like Please. throw it into the uh, this episode because it is maybe at the end we'll do a little special edition. So say to the end, but um, it just it was burning my brain and like I didn't know anything about Lethal Weapon. I was probably like nine or ten, and um, so I naturally asked my I'm like I'm like what is this movie? Like it looks kind of awesome, and they were like ah eh, it's not really like for for kids. Um, but my mom was like, I will tell you one story that's really, really funny because it's true. And that's, there's a whole bit in it called like, fuck, they fuck you at the drive through. And like, it's, you know, she was obviously censoring herself a bit. Um, she's like, and it's true. Like this is happens and it's a universal thing. So it was a, quite a few years later until I actually saw the film, but I do remember that scene because of the, the marketing where they, that was how <laughs> they did it. So, yeah. Um, all right. So as always, we're going to like give initial impressions um, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Uh, I'll start with I'll start with me because uh, I'm assuming this is your first time seeing Lethal Weapon. It was. And I'll be honest at this point and say I just read a plot summary for the first one. And I That's also fine. watched the 15 minute cinema sins. So obviously <laughs> I am an expert on the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did watch all of this one though, and um, yeah, I found it really hard to follow plot wise. I'm I, I'm getting that the first Lethal Weapon was too. Like, I could follow the thread of like Riggs and Murtaugh's relationship super super well. That seems to be the core of the movie, and I love how it doesn't actually really matter what's going on with like the South African Nazis and all the drug sales and whatever crimes Leo committed. It's it's really about friendship more than crime. <laughs> yes, 100%. You, you, you are correct. I mean, that's why the first film I think is regarded as like a classic film, not just a classic action film is like, it's the heart of like the, the movie at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that again, the, the romance was very shoehorned. I know we'll get into it, but it was like phys- physically uncomfortable for me. <laughs> you're not alone i nominated it for a reason (laughs) um and yeah i can mostly appreciate like just like the comedy and the buddy buddiness but i did think it was very ironic that they're like like doing a good job i guess (laughs) handling these south african nazis but don't ever unless i missed it talk about or acknowledge like the u.s issues with like the kkk and stuff like that <laughs> oh no this is very much in the end of the cold war where it was like yeah the uh, the other is bad like yeah you know <laughs> south africa had to be a stand-in <laughs> uh i like it uh well i like the first one better i'll put it that way uh first um i i enjoyed the first one for what it was i agree that i thought the writing wasn't too shabby i thought that the plot seemed interesting enough to keep the characters together the second one i felt like just never really 
I think it was trying to be more of everything and it just wasn't succeeding. It was just convoluted. Like the plot was convoluted. The characters didn't have the same feel, like the language and everything. And it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't feel the same as the first one to me. I thought the romance was very much as as much as it felt awkward trying to set it up felt even more strange that that was then like a segue into why his wife died <laughs> because i was just like wait whoa this was like this was a strange twist to try and just throw out there i mean i get it for the sake of it being like an 80s action uh, flick but at the same time it just felt so it just too neat and tidy for a very strange plot um I actually liked it a lot for Joe Pesci. Like that's <laughs> between right? the toilet scene and Joe <laughs> Pesci, Leo. Like I would watch the film just for that because I find Riggs and Murtaugh to get like exponentially more frustrating, like to watch. And I find Leo to be much more endearing. And I don't know if it's like an age thing, but now I'm just like, you know, Leo's got some good points and Riggs and Murtaugh are just assholes to this guy for no reason. Like just unnecessary, like police brutality on this man. <laughs> and <laughs> um so yeah and also i just can't stand like how pushy um riggs is towards uh, rika like in the in the supermarket where he's just like spastically like forcing her to go on a date with him and not taking no for an answer and just making it like an like he thinks he's being you know funny and cute and it's just really obnoxious so that to me overall, I, in terms of like the romance side, quote unquote romance of it, I thought that was that was weird. Uh, I'm sure we will talk more about it. But the fact that Rika goes from like realizing what a bad decision it was to hook up with Riggs when the whole like his whole house gets shot up <laughs> on the beach from machine gun fire to suddenly being like, oh, you know, we had a really exciting time tonight and I'll I'll be here for you. You can come crash at my place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, hold on. You were like, you should have known. There were a lot of red flags, very blatant, like about 20 minutes ago, that perhaps that should not be your reaction later. <laughs> but friggin' for the sake of the plot, we had we had that happen. Uh, so... But yeah, overall, it's it tried to be a good sequel. It clearly it got enough of a of a following to get two more films. Um, but yeah, Joe Pesci in the toilet, exploding toilet man. That's where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, to that, like, I'll I'll add. Um, I I think this movie does a lot of you know things um well you know um and is great in a lot of ways. I I I think props to them for using like the social issues of the time and like going away from Russians and, and like targeting like apartheid and like South Africans, like very much like still in the public conscious and a thing. So like, Hey, you know, like I respect like the, um, them trying to, as much as it's sort of surface level acknowledge, you know, the, the political like issues and sort of like the humanitarian crisis there um unique you don't see a lot of south african villains like in in films you know district nine i think was like the the only other one that came to mind of like that really like that for american films that that i can think of that really tackled like apartheid head on and that was like decades later um i think that has a lot of elements of like why i love lethal weapon which is like it's just one vignette after another of some sort of crazy chase or action sequence 
full of stupid one-liners like i love that like it's just been revoked like all that dumb <laughs> shit i live for it like for an action movie um i think it's 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 fabulous uh the condom like gag is like one of my favorites like it's just so fucking funny like i just you know he's like they're never gonna leave it alone there's gonna be condoms at my desk and, con- and then like sure enough he gets to work and there's just the tree of condoms you know um yeah so a lot of things that really work about the movie for me joe pushy of course was a great addition to the cast like okay 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 like leo gets is just <laughs> one of those characters that gets right in there um but i think like overall like i like i think like for me it's like lethal weapon and then like two three four are all like kind of just close together like here i know like their reactions to them very greatly um you know like if you look at rotten tomatoes or metacritic but to me they're all kind of have their their good sides and bad sides like and i i enjoy them all for what they are like i don't take any of those movies particularly seriously like i think this franchise held out better than say like your diehards and stuff like at well Die Hard 2 is definitely better than probably Lethal Weapon 2. And I think with a vengeance, maybe, but like subsequent ones. Like I would argue Lethal Weapon like four is better than any of the other diehards after the thirty. But anyway, like Ooh. that's a whole debate for later. <laughs> <laughs> I like that um, versus idea. We should do that later because I, I already have some thoughts for you on Lethal that. Lethal Weapon man. one that's through awesome. four versus Die Hard one through four. That's like oh, a wow. mega episode. That's a mega versus mode. Um but uh, but yeah, so um, that leads to a good segue, which is like, so the one thing that's always stood out to me of this movie, like even as a young, young lad, like of like doesn't work and I never understood it was the swift, like almost like warp speed romance with Riggs and Rika followed by her death. And it's so fucking weird to me. And this is like the crux of why I nominated this. It's like, I think it would have been sufficient for them to like kidnap Riggs, go to execute him. He survives, but just to tell him that they're the ones that killed his wife, like would have been sufficient. Right. And like, and it just, it seemed weird to me, like, like that he would need additional motivation. If you're going to suppose that this is a guy that's going to go like on a revenge, like, you know, homicidal rampage because of the death of a, a loved one. I don't, I don't think you need to multiply it by two, but um, I don't know. So we'll get into that. So that's why I nominated it. And my first question to you is, um, how do you personally define what makes a good romance like in a film? Like, what, what is your personal definition? You can be as brief or in detail as you want. Chemistry. Yeah, well, that's another question. That we'll, that's another one that we'll get to in a second. That is one of the questions I have. Chemistry. Okay. Yeah. That's. I, that's I think it, that's important. Chemistry. That's it. I mean, because you can show chemistry a lot of different ways. Like, you can have very minimalistic scenes and dialogue and sell a romance if, like, you have the right actors and they're doing the right things to kind of, like, show at least, like, a physical chemistry with, like, body language. But you can also show chemistry with, like, a really well-written, witty banter back and forth. Like, anything that shows chemistry will sell a romance to me. But the just being like hey you want a bone and the other person's like yeah that's not (laughs) (laughs) he gives her half a beer (laughs) you know like and makes something i don't remember what food they ate but it didn't sound great (laughs) but anyway no not not selling it i i would have walked out sorry riggs I was gonna say like it's hard to imagine like a very professional like woman who probably makes good decent money like 
like walking into the situation and being like, all right, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, how about you? What makes a good romance in a film for you? Having characters that do things that make sense. Not just the chemistry, but also like reasonable. If you have, yeah, if you have somebody who's like pressuring you in the grocery store to go on a date, maybe don't do that. <laughs> or if you have somebody who tells you what they're going to do, you get to his place and he does the exact opposite of what he claims he was going to do, probably leave. If his house gets shot up <laughs> by a shit ton of machine gun fire from a helicopter, maybe don't invite him to stay at your place after. So I just, I mean, I joke, but I think that that was mostly it. I think it was so, like, I could buy it at first when she thought he was playful and goofy, but then when it just got really, when he started, like, pressuring her so much, and then it just got, like, the action just got upped to like a hundred that I thought, nah, that, that doesn't work. I think if there had been more interaction, more chemistry, like May mentioned, and more of a reason for it to have, like for these characters to be interested to spend more time together, I think that that would have been a better way to try and handle it. But I don't think that there was necessarily enough time, let alone enough reason in the plot to do that. But yeah, making sense. Chemistry and making sense. <laughs> um, no pun intended, um, given how Rika goes out. But I think like a good romance should be allowed to like breathe like in a film. Like there should be like some sort of progression and like evolution of it to believe it. And I think like one of the biggest problems I've had with this film, aside from the obvious things that we've kind of touched on already, is that like it happens so fast. Like in a night, like we're meant we're meant to believe that like he cares so deeply for this person that like, you know, like it's like the straw. And I, I know they tie his wife into the whole thing, but like, I don't know, man. Um, I, I, I just think there's not enough time like for us to really deeply, deeply care about her or believe that there's anything sort of like a physical attraction there. Right. Like the, and so then naturally she just becomes a, a, a plot device and then it kind of, leads us to where we are now or it's like what was the point other than that and i think yeah. the answer is pretty obvious right um so yeah that's how i define just just time i mean i don't need gone with the wind like running time like to <laughs> you know to believe it but i i think like the good like the classic like the great romance is like you know take a take a bit to get going right even if it's casablanca and you just get like a series of uh like quick little like flashbacks to kind of like bring you up to speed on like the history like that's effective even right yeah. like i think so. i like cool. how you, you mentioned gone with the wind as a great romance because dude, no, no 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 <laughs> i i didn't i, I didn't i did not miss, no i was not let, let me be clear let me, let me be clear I, I was just saying like i don't need that runtime like to believe it you know i was just using it as a strictly a time measurement of time you know in the uh in america we don't like to use the metric system or anything normal for a measure of time so I was just saying, gone with the nope. wind length of time to develop a romance is not needed. <laughs> I think we established all very clearly here that that was not a, a, a healthy or functional <laughs> relationship. So if you didn't watch that episode. Uh, fuck you, first of all, for not supporting the podcast. And second of all, <laughs> you should. But um, all right. Next question here on the agenda is... Uh, let's talk about the meat cute, <laughs> if you could call it that, which I suppose you could 
technically say it is um at the like house where they have the initial sort of gunfight you could also say it's where he shoots out the aquarium tank and set, what's his little one-liner like with his boss's fish where he walks out and she kind of giggles about it um but really the grocery store i guess is what i would probably like establish is like really like the the truth but i'm interested to hear what you guys think as far as like what would be the actual one i think he said uh we were shooting the breeze and also the fish yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's something along those lines um I mean, I I generally say the meet cute is like when when people first meet. Generally, so I would I would say at the house. And okay. I feel bad. I went I went to get water during that scene, so I actually didn't see how she got into the cop car. I'm imagining he like arrested her, right? No, she, no, like yeah, she left. Actually, she went back into the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just say they're they're told like, hey, like these people are off limits, and like yeah. they're they're part of the consulate. So like Riggs and so, Murdoch like, have to when fuck he off. Put, he he puts her in the police car, correct? No, I think she just she goes away. I think like everyone's just left to their own recognizance, and yeah, Arjun's like, like you're part of the consulate, and she okay. can't tell you anything, and she's not supposed to talk to you, and then like orders her to come back inside. Yeah. Okay, I see. Anyway, um, yeah. So that, to me, it just reads like she wants to get back inside and he's being goofy and annoying and she's humoring him so she can get back inside. You also see that coming from a mile away, I feel like, too, where you're like, well, I mean, obviously I nominated for this category, so probably you guys could use the powers of the deduction to be like, uh, but anyway, um, I'm sure like, so I think the first time Marianne saw that she was like, She's like, please, God, like, like Riggs and like uh, Murtaugh's daughter are going to be a thing now that she's of age. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, that's like because in the first movie. Anyway, there's that whole subplot where she's kind of obsessed with them. Um, And I was glad they didn't go down that road. But uh, anyway, sorry to interrupt you, May. I'm also glad they didn't go down that road. But this this one was uh, just rough in a different way. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I don't like the meet cute. Whether you say it's that run in or the run in at the office or the run in at the grocery store, frankly, because in all those cases, like Riggs is like showed himself to be a very erratic and violent person and someone that she may or may not know like how he's involved with her boss and so i don't know if i if i was in her position which i wouldn't be because i wouldn't work for a south african fascist but if i was in her position (laughs) like i the the constant threat of violence hanging over your head makes you fairly compliant and the fact that she was still saying no pretty explicitly in that grocery store made it even more uncomfortable from like a logical perspective right like because she doesn't know what her boss is up to she shows up and like the cops have like shot up this dude's house and then Riggs has come to his office and shot out his fish tank (laughs) right like and then he's insisting that you go like on a date with him like and maybe she has some inkling that like there's some bad shit but like from her perspective it kind of looks like the cops are just harassing her boss like for god knows like what reason you know and like antagonizing him um which is pretty wild i mean i think she's also poorly written in that like she would have some inkling like she she would kind of know she probably lies to herself a bit but she would know like yeah you'd hope so 
she claims not to she's like oh he's a bad man isn't he and it's like yeah yeah she's just written so innocent and it's it's weird because she's very complicit too like i think she gets let off the hook way too easily she does die but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she gets fridged. Am I am I suddenly pro fridging? What is this? Like, hey, actually, no, I've talked myself out of it. <laughs> I think that what? What's up? <laughs> oh, I was gonna say anything else to anything else to add for the no, no. I, I would, but I don't, this is going to sound mean, but I don't think there's much else to add. There's <laughs> just not a whole lot to work with to begin with. But uh, I think it does start at the car. That's you know, that's where we get introduced to the character. That's where both beat. That's where Riggs and Rika meet. But I think that, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. <laughs> it's just a backdrop to the action sequence that's about to happen with the car chase, which was much better anyways. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. That's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, I think we all agree. It, it, it's not much of a, anything really. No. Yeah. And like the, 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 the quirky girl dialogue they put for her makes no sense. First of all, for her build, she she eats water, I'm sure. Like, like probably <laughs> literally that carrot in her basket is all she eats all day. Uh, <laughs> 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 and her her like her quirky like flirty dialogue is like, oh well, I know I, I shop every day. You can't shop for the week because you know I never know what I want to want to eat the next day or whatever. And it's supposed to be like all suggestive. And it's it's like you you clearly don't eat like <laughs> it's yeah, just that weird. Carrot, that, that's probably for the for the week. That's her meal planning. Like yeah, put it into <laughs> seven slices. Yeah. Oh it's boy, just, it's just it's bad dialogue. It's it's really bad dialogue. That and the baseball metaphor, like and the sex. I'm like. Well, like I've heard of baseball metaphors when you're talking about like how far you're going, like first base, second base, but like innings, I was not aware of this measure of uh, <laughs> of coitus. So somebody needs to like fill me in on what constitute constitutes an inning. But uh, anyway, <laughs> clearly it's an L.A. in the 80s thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I would like to give a shout out to the version of the movie I watched with some funky subtitles that decided that they yeah. couldn't understand what was being said by Riggs about the baseball metaphor and instead had in the in the bottom, it was like, question mark, question mark, question mark, bend her up. And I'm like, no, it was batter up. <laughs> I'm like, how did you not hear that? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, suffice it to say, the version I got was like, for our listeners, I got a version that was, in fact, the actual, like, uncut version of the film, swearing and all, you know, like, nothing was modified. But when it, with the subtitles on, it was the weirdest experience I've ever had. I mean, it was a DVD, so it's it's been around for a while. But I don't know. Like, I don't know who they got to do subtitles for that film. But it was a, it was a treat in the fact that it was, like, they censored every bit of language with, like, the exception of, like, anytime somebody said, damn... You couldn't say goddamn, but you could say damn. And it felt like watching an old, like, dubbed, like this. It was basically like if you had the subtitles to a dubbed TV film yeah. from, like, the 90s. And that's what they used because it was, like, no F-bombs, nobody saying shit. 
it's all getting reworded into like a polite phrase or something uh, and so it was like I'm I'm watching and and reading two different movies at the same time, <laughs> which it's is really like the big Lebowski on TV when it's like you never meet a stranger in the Alps or whatever. Like like they changed that whole like line too, like over and over again. But yeah, nice. I'm just but, yeah. I'm just imagining your subtitle guy Will listening to the the innings talk and being like. This this ain't sexy. I can do better. <laughs> Bend her up, bro. Bend her up. You need to get a pillow yeah. under there now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so don't have to spend a lot of time on this one, but like pretty straightforward. Like, how would you rate the chemistry? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll. Is it uh, is it Walter White? Like in other words, like is it like like immaculate, like beautiful chemistry, or are we talking to Jesse Pinkman? Like, that... <laughs> Ooh. um, or like the whatever would be the equivalent of the dude they melted in like a bathtub? Um, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have to go. You know, yeah. I'm trying to be nice about it because I feel like there there was an attempt that was made. And there were actors that showed up to do it that were capable. Um, you know, I, I, I'll give it a two out of ten. I'll give it a two out of ten. I'll be, I'll be gracious. I, I think this had the potential to, like, you know, given like more time or like maybe multiple movies to be better than it was. But and I, you got to contextualize it. It is the '80s, right? Like. Yeah. your typical like especially like an action movie fair but I, I think you're bang on with the, the 2 out of 10 where it's just like not a whole lot of room for anything to, to go anywhere it's just kind of like I'm going to harass you at the grocery store I'm going to give you half a beer and a dirty glass I'm going to bang you and then you're going to die like that's like that's the right. progression of events and it's just not <laughs> very uh, mm, um, it's not very elegant we'll put it that way like oh and also like not fully explain why i'm still wearing a wedding ring <laughs> yeah he does say it like when she looks at it because he's like oh like yeah um my wife like uh like i, I was married but i'm not anymore like she died like he, there's that like line uh, he doesn't say that she died though i thought maybe said she's gone oh he, he was just like, yeah, we're not married anymore, which is so sus. Like, I, from that conversation, I was pretty sure she thought that he was just cheating. <laughs> yeah, oh, could be. I mean, kudos anyway. for her for, for being like, well, I guess uh, I can do with a, a, you know, feathery haired American side piece, I guess, like, while I'm figuring out this consulate business, but. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just. Rika, poor, I, I, Patsy Kenza did her best, but Rika's just a very, very badly written character, and their dialogue was terrible, and they had no chemistry. So I'm going to say that the level of chemistry was that of a vacuum. Okay, so you're saying negative, like <laughs> <laughs> zero, null, yeah. <laughs> value not found. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So we're we're throwing out some Excel uh, terminology to really like, <laughs> drive home the point. Um, I will say, like, not to digress too much, I think they, like, do a really good job in the next two films, so um, they almost, like, overcorrect a little bit with, like, the Rene Russo character in three, 
where she's like super like tough like she's kind of like the woman rigs like in a way you know what i mean like way more measured than he is like she's not a wild card but like she's tough and like has sort of uh a bit of like a problem with authority like here and there and she works for internal affairs and then that romance blossoms nicely into the fourth film like i do love like by the time you get to four it's one of the strongest parts of like the franchise so it's nice to see that that's kind of like where it ends up and that like like she's just not a plot device you know like oh this is a person in internal affairs that you're gonna sleep with like like that like that's <laughs> we're just gonna throw that in this part of the plot it's like no they genuinely do like they even have like their like, the two dogs that like you know meet each other and stuff like it's it's real good it's, like if you need to be sold on the weapon three there's there's doggo like bits the too. lady in the tramp <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah um nice. all right i think i have just one more uh well we can kind of pair these two things together so Kind of a two-part question. Um, would this movie be any worse if you completely eradicated the romance? And then how would you improve it if you were going to like keep it in the film? Like if you weren't gonna eradicate it, like how would you improve it? It would not suffer if the romance was gone. But if you could improve it by changing something, I would make her actually be a villain and then double cross him at the end. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good, man. Like mm-hmm some spy games kind of stuff where it's like mm-hmm. yeah like that would that to me would justify her erratic behavior her willingness to sleep with him and then even if they wanted to pretend that they had killed her and make him think that she was dead and then her actually still be alive at the end i think i would have bought into that a lot better as it was me who fridged the girlfriend all along (laughs) (laughs) and drove the wife off the (laughs) (laughs) it's the long game it was so she could get closer to ranks now uh that's awesome actually (laughs) i really like that man i think that's uh it's fabulous well i'm so happy you said that because i was expecting that to happen the whole time i was like nice okay when is she gonna double cross him there's no way she's actually being this like patient and in love and head over heels suddenly when she was like no 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 leave me alone like two hours ago um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i yeah i think either having her actually be like fully in the know and portrayed as like an intelligent conniving person i i would have preferred the like um i forget the name it it is another trope I, i forget what what it's called um the the um damn it i'll look it up later but (laughs) that is another trip and i would have preferred it to this one um but yeah i would have just removed the romance altogether and i would go a step further and say don't even bring up the wife again just Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. maybe have Riggs go nuts because he saw Murto almost die and that hurts him. You know, I, I don't know, but yeah. Because we know what the real relationship is in these movies. It's those two. Like that's yeah, that's the love story, man. That's the love story. You gotta you gotta ride that train to the end. <laughs> they do their best, like keeping that through line with his like dead wife in a way that like whether it works or not it's really up to like i guess the viewer but like all the way up to four like it's a big plot point where like renee russo wants to get married like they're gonna have a baby and he still you know like goes to like his wife's 
grave and then like you know the the whole plot of that movie is like him trying to come to grips with like letting that go like finally and like remarrying and again like whether it's successful or not um is, is up for debate but i i would agree like i think that like the way that the first film ends like you're kind of meant to believe like he's moving on a little bit and then like this like makes it a point to like just like i don't know i uh, have it be the still the central core of like what makes Riggs uh tick and like where where like you know why he is the way he is but um i think nothing is lost if you remove the romance from the film and i think like if you had to keep it in she refuses the date like we're going off the dentist system from Sonny. Like he demonstrates value <laughs> by like taking down the bad guys, proving that they're bad guys. And like, maybe like at the end of the movie, like she agrees to go on a very public date somewhere like <laughs> <you know? laughs> with him. And like, maybe you set it up for like, maybe she's there or not, but like, it wasn't really much of a thing in the eighties to like, just have like a character, like decline a date. Cause it doesn't make for, um, exciting movies uh watching probably of the time and then you can't have boobs and butt in this and the uh, obligatory sex scene like of 80s action movies so fair also i found the word i was looking for and i'm very dumb for forgetting this i have a cotton ball for brains because i've been sick um it's femme fatale should be the femme fatale oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. insert nice. uh the velvet underground song here she built you up to just put you down. What a clown. <laughs> um, yes. Yep, 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 yep. That is uh, definitely a, a favorite like film noir um, term. And, there, and even that like as a tropey thing has been done well and, and like in fun ways, like if you play with it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and like you know spoiler alert like the the people behind the lethal weapon franchise like are not like <laughs> ones to play with conventions like they know what the audience wants like these films get very formulaic very quickly so well uh i will give you guys um a couple minutes if anybody wants to add any final thoughts on lethal weapon 2 specifically the the romance um otherwise we can move into fun little game i think the real romance hands down is definitely Riggs and Murtaugh. That moment they shared right before they had to jump into that tub because that toilet was going to blow up. I know. <laughs> no, I kid. But like, whether however you want to read their relationship, just as two best buddies or whatever, like the friendship they share in, the, in these films is what makes them. And I agree. Like, that's the best point about any of them. Um, I The toilet scene in particular, I guess my only thought is... They couldn't figure out a way to defuse a tiny bomb like that. <laughs> they couldn't the like. Best we could do is blow it up. Like I mean, like <laughs> he was on there for like twelve hours already. Like his legs are dumb. Clearly, it's not going to do anything if he just stays there. So can't you just like shimmy down under there and just like clip the right wire? But apparently not. We have to blow up the man's house. Like there's a similar plot point, his... like oh, defusing it... a bomb. That is my favorite cold open to like any of the lethal weapon movies so this All movie right. starts the trend of like the opening sequence is like in media ross however you say that like expression of like or in media res right yeah media res. anyway so. uh like they're just in the middle of like chasing somebody or in like in some sort of like bad situation and it's a bomb defusal and it is one of the funniest fucking like culminations <laughs> of like what actually happens like i laugh my ass off every time i watch it but but yeah, no, I agree. Like, dude, like the 
this like well this franchise in particular is like the template for like how to do a successful buddy cop movie right mm-hmm. like yeah. i was just gonna say with regards to the to the shoehorn romance if i were doing a lethal weapon movie the way i would do the romance is um i think she got killed off this movie sadly but i would take that like pretty badass female cop mm-hmm. and mm. make her the love interest and make essentially uh rigs have to kind of like choose partners mm-hmm. nice. and have that be the conflicts Oh yeah, and you could do like your 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 second act, like it blows up in his face because both people are mad at him, his best bud and his potential romantic partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, kind of do that with um with Lethal Weapon Three, although like I said, she's internal affairs, so she's trying to determine if they're like dirty or not, and then there's like a whole subplot. But um, how do you define dirty in this franchise? (laughs) <laughs> um there's a very specific investigation like so like uh the third movie even though it is not perfect at all like um has a really interesting plot point that's about police corruption and i want to say like it was like around the time of like that uh task force that was like a big shame of the LAPD like where they were like i think a thousand cops or like several hundred at least that were like indicted like on a mass corruption scale so like that's it covers that as like a topic and then in case you you were wondering and you probably weren't but whatever like lethal weapon 4 is great because it adds uh jet lee chris rock and i feel like one other person like to the cast but it's like a very like robust like fun like potentially final outing like i saw that there there's a fifth one in development that's not sunny related uh, <laughs> um but yeah like we'll see Richard Donner's dead though, so I don't I don't know without him, like um mm. if he could if it would have the same magic because he did all four of them. But yeah. Okay. Well, uh last little bit of trivia that blew my mind when I was watching one to get to this is I had no idea Eric Clapton did the all the guitar riffs and stuff. Did you? <laughs> like I mean, nice. like like until I watched it, like I was just like reading trivia and I was nice. like, get the fuck out of here. Like, really? Um, that's wild. I don't know if he was like hard up for money or what, but like it, it like some of the like some of those uh, riffs are are pretty memorable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're nice. they're certainly uh, add, they they add emphasis for sure. Same with yeah. the saxophone. <laughs> yeah, like well, because Murtaugh is the saxophone and Riggs is like the guitar, so like that's kind of like it's supposed to be like the jazz and the rock like comparison and mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you guys for uh, um sitting through Lethal Weapon Two, which um hopefully someday leads you to watch the other two uh or maybe even go back to the original at christmas it is a fun uh film i think better than average for sure like action movie with some some really heartfelt moments so and no fridging no fridging in that one at all good (laughs) so for our final segment we're going to play another round of movie 20 questions so I have a film right up here and my co-host had 20 questions to guess the film with the 20th question, obviously needing to be a guess uh, in case I didn't uh, clarify this. You get one guess and one guess only. So an incorrect guess ends the game. So be careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So go, go for it. Should we ask if there's a prominent animal character? Let's, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, is there a prominent animal character in your film up in your yes. noggin? 
Okay. Um, I want to ask, should I ask if it's a Disney movie? You could, that'll narrow out quite a few. Yeah. Is it a Disney movie? No. Nice. It could technically be Pixar, though. It's true. Do we want to ask if our animal character talks? Yes. <laughs> Do that. Does our, does our animal character talk? No. Okay. Um, I feel like it could be a comedy. Should I ask if it's a comedy? Good. Does it seem like a good use of our fourth question? I don't really think I have a good gauge on that. <laughs> Mostly because of how we, we just kind of winged it the last time and yeah. it worked. So I have faith in whatever, however we want to. It's, I, I have no strategy. Okay, wonderful. We're on the same page then. Our strategy is to have no strategy. It's really galaxy brained. <laughs> this is like Riggs and Murtaugh. We just go in, guns blazing, and somehow it will all work out okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> is it a comedy, Chris? No. Okay. Uh, prominent animal figure, and it's not Disney. That it doesn't talk, and it's not a comedy. Mm. Should I ask if the animal does cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could I, I two, want you. Could to. be two films there. I was gonna say, I, I want you to. <laughs> and you know what i'll allow it i'd say go for it this is the end of we'll do cocaine no okay <laughs> too bad do we want to keep going with like genres or do we want to ask about like a time frame or are we thinking time frame seems useful like after the 90s are we thinking like time frame like when the film takes place or time frame of when it was released when it's released helps to me the most. I don't know about you. Okay. Sounds good. Are we thinking released after the night, like during or after the 90s? Yeah, I think that's a good cutoff. Okay. Was the film released either during or after the 90s, Chris? Gotta be yes or no question. <laughs> uh, That is yes or no. We said, was it released either during or after the 90s? Oh, so you're saying 1994, forward, basically? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, no. Okay. okay. So, fine. it's harder than it looks to <laughs> <laughs> keep Ta-da. your hands where I can see them, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you can't skip finger day. <laughs> okay. Gonna get you tiny day, dumbbells mainly. for this. It's it's elbow day, mainly. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we actually like we're thinking that this character is. I mean, we did ask if it was like a prominent character, or did we just ask if there was an animal? Is it prominent? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Does play some important part. Should I ask if it's the title character? Yeah. Sure. Is uh, is the animal a title character? Ooh, got him thinking. I I would say like. It's hard. That's a really hard one to answer. Not like technically, but I would okay. say like the the title like it's not the, the the animal's name. Like it's hard. Like I will explain, but I can give you a freebie on that one if you want. Okay. 
<laughs> so it's good to know if we stump him, then it doesn't it's count. True. <laughs> no, I just don't like want to feel responsible for misleading you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get that. Um. <laughs> So before the 90s, do we want to ask for a more specific time frame or a more specific genre that help? I'm wondering if, so if it's got an animal, are we thinking that the protagonists are probably children or that they're, they're adults? Is that something that's, that would help narrow it down a bit more maybe? Yes. Were the protagonists, well, I guess it'll be easier if I ask if it's children. Were the protagonists of the film children, Chris? No. <laughs> okay. All right. So they could be adults or they could be other animals. This could be all animals. Mm-hmm. This could be Planet Earth, the movie. <laughs> 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 or uh, what's that What's that one about the, the penguins? <laughs> March of the Penguins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy feet. Oh, that'd be <laughs> so funny if I did March of the Penguins. Uh, I'm always see. It's funny because like we were talking about Gremlins, and this just all makes me feel like this is the direction that we're we're turning to. But I feel like there was a kid in that, so I'm not really gonna. Nah, and it wouldn't be that obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you wouldn't pre-spoil it for us. No. Or um, would he would he fridge us on this? <laughs> oh no. That means I'm going. You're safe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or if it's the gladiator treatment, we're both fucked. But the yeah. um Okay. Man. I guess we could do another I, I think I want to ask if it's horror because that would be drastically mm-hmm. different questions otherwise yeah. yeah okay is it a horror movie yes oh see mm-hmm. okay okay before the animal. 90s prominent animal horror movie oh man yo i'm not gonna guess it but i think it would be really funny if it's like cujo <laughs> yeah <laughs> i haven't seen a lot of like pre-90s horror films though now I have to think about Cujo and what happens in it. Yeah. <laughs> that was like something that, I mean, I guess I could go with the, is it based on a Stephen King novel? Yes. Yes. Do that. Is it based on a Stephen King novel, Chris? No. Ah. All right. Nice. Mm. Ooh. Maybe it's like that movie, The Thing, that has the dog at the beginning. It's actually related to the plot. <laughs> say Wait. anything more about for people that haven't watched the, the movie yeah the the thing is a good one because the thing is kind of an animal kind of not mm-hmm. um i could ask if there's an alien yeah do that is there an alien in the movie chris no uh. no aliens though okay <clears throat> Could it be like a really old horror movie, like Creature from the Black Lagoon or something? That would be a good, it's a good idea. Um, do we want to ask if it has like 
trying to think about the best way to ask something like that. How like about a supernatural creature? Yeah, or... is is the animal a real life animal? Yes. Oh, okay. Was... <laughs> That's ten. Oh. Ten questions. All right. Nice. Okay. Um when did the Babadook come out? That was that more recent, right? I feel like it was. But can I check that or is that cheating? <laughs> uh well, is it okay if I ask if it's a Hitchcock adaptation? Sure, go for it. Alright, Hitchcock film. Uh is it a Hitchcock film? No. Thinking about the yeah. birds. Yeah, yeah, when you mentioned that. <laughs> Horror movie prominent animal. No aliens. It's a real animal. It's not Hitchcock. It's not Stephen King. <laughs> it's pre-1990. <laughs> I kind of want to ask if it stars Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Our Scream Queen. Is yep. there, are there animals in any of the Halloween movies? I don't know if it was like a prominent one, but didn't the dog get like choked by Jason and one of them? Maybe. Like... Did you just say Jason was in Halloween? Will I'm For sorry, shame. Michael My Michael Myers. Oh. I I get my friend my my horror franchise is confused. It's no. the Gregory Peck and Cary Grant phenomenon all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um... <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure mike mike myers like choked out a dog yeah but i don't know if that really counts because i don't know how prominent that dog was in the film. you want to ask if the movie is part of a larger franchise yes okay is the movie a part of a larger franchise yes okay that's helpful mm -hmm. <laughs> i know this isn't it but were there any like air bud horror movies <laughs> <laughs> they need to reboot Airbud as a horror film. <laughs> I would be I, I would I would pay to watch that. Yeah. Like the dark version of Winnie the Pooh. Scarebud. That's what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It rides itself. <laughs> uh okay. Man, once once you said it was a franchise, now I'm even more tempted to wonder if it's Ah, uh, no. Franchises from before the 90s that were horror. That's rough because that is not a good area for me. In no, terms me of my neither. Because the only stuff I really know of from that would be whether it's the Halloween movies or Jason. Sorry, Michael Myers. Or. Um, does Evil Dead have uh, like the first one? Because I only watched the second one for the podcast. Does the first Evil mm -hmm. Dead have like a prominent animal? Remember there being one. Okay. Hopefully I'm correct on that. <laughs> All right. What should we ask more questions about? <laughs> I still want to ask if Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Do it. <laughs> is Jamie Lee Curtis in this film, Chris? No. Um. No. I kind of want to ask, like, yes or no still, but, like, if the animal is a dog or cat, because if it's not, like, a typical pet animal, that um, might help. Okay, go do for it. Do you think that's a good question? I do, yeah. Okay. Is the animal a dog or cat? No. All right. 
<laughs> is free will he considered a horror movie <laughs> 90s <laughs> i don't know but watch out that orca will f you up dude um, call the killer whale this has had enough cocaine in it no <laughs> and the taste for human blood <laughs> uh franchise from... i'm really stumped uh, all right let's just list some horror franchises to get the brain juices flowing <laughs> so we, we know we know it's not halloween no we think it's probably not evil dead no uh it's probably not scream either didn't that come out in the 90s no yeah um we don't think that he'd he'd do a switcheroo on us and talk gremlins so that's out <laughs> Yeah. Uh Saw. What about Saw? That's nineties, I think. I can give you guys a recap to the best of my ability if you if you want. That would be great. Yeah. Okay. So you know it is an animal that's a prominent character, although not technically the title character. Mm-hmm. Not saying that there is a title character, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's pre nineteen nineties, you know that it is a real animal. You know, that is not a Stephen King adaptation. You know, it's not a cat or dog. Um, not Hitchcock. The, not Hitchcock. No, no aliens. No Jamie Lee Curtis. No. Part of franchise. I, never, I was going to say, I don't suppose the never ending story was a horror film. <laughs> 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 Maybe considered by some. <laughs> Scarred our <Scarter> childhoods. <laughs> And um, E.T. doesn't count because that has an alien. <laughs> E.T. is a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed. We've discussed. Um, the animal could be a horse. I'm trying to think of like what what other common animals it could be. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's a uh, maybe it's an it's a. Is the Godfather the considered a horror movie ah, from horse's perspective? Nice. <laughs> well, he said it wasn't the. So, if I remember correctly, Chris said that it wasn't the title character, correct? Yes, and, but in so kind of not... a strained way. So, it's like, kind of? So, like Jaws would be the, the name of the film, but it's oh. not the name of the shark. <laughs> Wait, that might be it. What did Jaws Because it is the franchise. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm feeling like that was 80s. Can we... I ask if it was a shark? Should yeah, I ask that? Yeah. Is the animal a shark? Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Before before we guess it, are there yeah. any other shark horror movies? That's fifteen. <laughs> that, have, <laughs> that have been. You know what? I am truthfully at this point, I am willing to put money on Jaws. Yeah. Um, I don't know of any other shark horror movies. I feel like Jaws is the definitive shark horror movie. Um. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe should I, I ask? Person. Should yeah. I should I ask? Um, does uh is asking Chris if this is one of his favorite movies count as a fair question? <laughs> that he watches every year. <laughs> or ask him, is it not safe to go on the beach for the holidays in this movie? <laughs> yeah, do that one. 
<laughs> or is there a mayor that denies that there is in fact said shark? <laughs> Chris, is there a mayor in this film that denies that said shark is a menace? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it just? It is. <laughs> yeah. In I love it. 1975. Yeah, it is widely considered to be the first blockbuster, which led yeah. to the cadence of summer releases for major temple films and franchises. <laughs> it is Jaws. Um, and not that you were in any real danger of getting it wrong. Technically, there are lots of horror shark films and uh, quite a few before 1990, but most of them were knockoffs and forgettable, like sort of attempts to recapture the magic of Jaws, most isn't, of them foreign films as well. Yeah, isn't there like a Megalodon series or something? That's technically that's, not a shark. That's recent. Deep okay. Blue Sea was a horror like film, but it wasn't part of a franchise from the 90s. Um, Open Water, I know, was another one in the 2000s. And then I think there's one called The Reef. Um, but of course, I wouldn't do that to you guys. I, I picked the biggest and baddest of them all, which is a nice Sharknado. little reminder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> is there a shark and a weather event? Um, yes. So it is one of my five favorite films. It is in my top five, a movie that I watch annually. So nice job, y'all, getting that in, I think, six, on the 16th guess. So pretty good. Nice. We're improving. Okay. Figured it yeah. was mm. appropriate given that we're coming up on 4th of July in another couple of weeks. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, let's switch to our deck and see what we're watching. I'm going to declare if it's okay with you all, like a moratorium on like Chris films, at least for like one round here. Is that all right with y'all? Yes. Sure. If we draw a Chris film, we will draw again. And I don't believe this is going to be a Chris film based on the number, but hold please. This is going to be origin story which is one of our new film categories. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be a Will film based on the number. But hold while I confirm. This category is uh, talk about a film that um, launched a genre, movement, narrative structure, etc. So something that's groundbreaking in some way. And speaking of the word ground, it is going to be Groundhog Day. It is a will pick. <laughs> oh, we'll yeah. Be talking about Groundhog Day. I'm and so I've been excited. kind of enjoying. Yeah, I've never actually seen this. Can you believe it? Like, what? never, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Um, I've seen a movie you haven't seen, Chris. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I, I will own up to it. It's one of those blind spots. But um, I, my understanding is once you watch it, you have to watch it again and again, right? Like forever. That that's why I've mm-hmm. avoided yeah. it. That's, that's, that's how it goes. Okay. I have it on right now. You just can't see. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I've, I've kind of been enjoying like asking you guys why you nominated a particular film, as long as it's not like a, a spoiler. So like mm-hmm. very top level, because I know we're going to get into the nitty, excuse me, the nitty gritty. Um, but like, why did you nominate this one? Um, I think the concept's interesting. I think it's funny that it's sort of become its own genre of film that people will use as a plot device, either as a parody of it or as something serious for whatever the the story is. That they, whether they're playing it serious or they're playing it for laughs. Um, 
I think it's interesting to think about what you would do if you were in the same situation. But I also think it's interesting to talk about it from the perspective of how you could abuse it very easily, which does also present itself in the film. So I don't know. It's 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 just a really strange but also entertaining movie that I haven't seen in a while. So I hope going back, I won't be like, what? You know, like kind of have like shock about the, yeah, that didn't age well. Cause I'm pretty sure there's, there's going to be some parts that have it based on what I can remember. But yeah, yeah. but that's mostly why. Well, that's exciting. I feel like during the pandemic, there was like a slew of like um, loop movies and shows, right? Like Palm Springs comes to mind and what was the Natasha Leone one? Um, that was like Russian doll. So um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I know it's very influential. It's uh, Harold Ramis, right? Directed with Bill Murray in it. Pretty sure. I want to say, yeah. yeah. I think that's what I ended their so. friendship for a while until Harold <laughs> Ramis got terminally ill and like they squashed the beef. But yeah. Cool. Well, I, I'm really like genuinely looking forward to this. Um, I'll report back next week, obviously. Well, that does it for the episode. Um, thank you, May. Thank you, Will, for hanging in there and talking some Lethal Weapon 2. Thank you, audience members, for watching and supporting the show. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at ScreenQuestPod. And, of course, you can send in your nominations with the attached Google form uh, on the episode description, both on YouTube and podcast services around the world. Until next time, we love you. Bye. Bye, guys. Let me tell you, can I give you two guys a friendly piece of advice, okay? Don't ever go up to the drive-thru, okay? Always walk up to the counter. You know why? Okay, okay. Okay. They fuck you at the drive-thru, okay? They fuck you at the drive-thru. They know you're going to be miles away before you find out you got fucked, okay? They know you're not going to turn around and go back. So they don't care who gets fucked. Oh, Leo gets. Okay, sure. I don't give a fuck. I'm not eating this tuna, okay? Shut up!